Last week, we talked about, uh, we, we looked through 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're, we're going to be uh, continuing on this study uh, come the first of the year. We'll look at this passage today, and then next week and the following week, uh, we'll be doing a special Christmas uh, messages and such. So, uh, so today, we want to consider just what is ministry um, we, we mentioned it last week, and it, it uh, was evident that we needed to come back, and, that I needed to come back and really define it. What's ministry? You know, you hear about it all over the place. Uh, it's a lot of things. Okay? Um, churches can come up with um, skateboard ministries. What's that? A skateboard ministry. You know, you got to send the pastor to skateboard school or something. I don't know what. No, but it's an outreach, right? It's an outreach. And that's what a lot of churches do. They have such and such ministry. And we, we uh, pile it in our minds, and here's another definition of what ministry is. Let me just say this to get started. Ministry is about serving. It's about offering people something. Okay? But the question is, in the church, what is being offered? <laughs> now, let me digress here a little bit. Life is full of joys and difficulties. Life is full of all sorts of stuff, and most of it is um, unpredictable. You might have heard of it from somebody else, but you don't know exactly how to go about it when you experience it. You know, it, it can become uh, life that's meaningful or life that's without purpose. And if we were to just, you know, take a, a, a survey amongst each person here, we'd find all sorts of different kinds of responses to your life and describing what life is like. It can be full of loneliness it can be full of hardships. It can, be getting, it can get very depressing, guilt-ridden. Very often, bitterness and jealousy serve as the norm of a person's life. They won't admit it, but it's there brewing inside. And it results with very uh, hurtful, damaging results in the person's life. Yes? And many so-called church growth experts over the, the last 40, 50 years realize the, the problems that we face. And they, so they come up with ideas for the church, for church growth, and trying to help remedy some of these things and show that the church is the leading factor in helping people with their problems. And the next thing we know, we're kind of dealing with all sorts of things in, in our Church ministry. <laughs> I forgot to bring my um, illustration here. I don't think I have enough, but eh, let's try these. Okay, I think I can juggle these muffs. And, you know, the thing is, I can't, but I know I could if they're solid balls. I, I could um, juggle. And then if somebody threw me another one, 
and another one. And, and that's what ministry becomes, doesn't it? And you're the paid person. You're supposed to keep it going. Or, or the spinning plates from the circus days. Spin that one. Run down here. Spin that one. And that's ministry illustrated. And, oh, we need somebody to spin this. John, come here and spin this one. Okay, come on. Faith, come here and spin this one. <laughs> what are we doing? Ministry becomes madness almost. <laughs> And that's what has happened in the church of Jesus Christ, in America especially, I think. We just want to, you know, show that we've got a really slick program. And uh, the next thing we know, we're spinning plates or juggling balls or, you know, and it's all called ministry. But what is ministry? Our ministry is to receive Share and apply the Word of God into our lives. Ministry is to receive, share, and apply the Word of God in our lives by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so the, the state of our church will be good and will be growing as we minister in that way, that, that way that we just described really covers all that we're trying to do. From the nursery on up to the senior saints. Senior saints saying, you're going where? To the cemetery? What? Well, you know what? That's fine to do that. As long as this is happening, receiving the word, sharing the word, Applying the word that can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to happen under the roof of this building. By the way, this building is not the church. The people of God are the church. When you look at a building, don't call it a church. Call it a building. Okay? The people are the church of Jesus Christ. Okay? And so, I want to run through some of these things here with you um, on, the, on this outline. And we need to remember, true ministry depends on and dispenses God's resources and God's resolutions, God's remedies. That's what ministry is about. And as we go through this, this first part in your outline, follow along in it, we're going to have to remind ourselves, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a minister at some level. You minister at some level. And here's what I want to do. I want to help us to polish it up and sharpen it up for God's glory, for God's use. As He would want to use you as an instrument in His hands, no matter what size of group you're working with, no matter how, what age group you're working with. He wants to use you as an instrument. That ought to be exciting to you. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with the responses later. <laughs> okay, so, ministry definitions. That's what we want to tackle first. Ministry definitions. There's a lot of ministry definitions. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, but I want to just look at these three. I believe they get a little more effective as we move on to the third one. But number one, using whatever God has given me to serve Him and others according to His purposes 
using whatever God has given me to serve Him and others according to His purposes. Well, if we go with that definition, sometimes the purposes get a little foggy, get a little personalized. And so it's not as defined as we ought to have it. Okay? It leaves the door open for all sorts of uh, sources or helps or guides because we're saying, hey, it's just, it, we're, we're saying this is God's purpose. But we have to get more focused on our definition. Number two, ministry is meeting people where they're at and taking to them and taking them to where God wants them to be. That's ministry. And that's, that's got a good ring to it. Um, meeting people where they're at. You're not saying, nope, you've got to jump up here to this hoop and get through that before you can really know. Ministry is meeting people where they're at and taking, to them, taking them to where God wants them to be. Now, again, this, leaves, this kind of leaves the door open um, on kind of random ministry. Okay? Number three, ministry is, and this is, a, uh, this is what uh, a number of us looked at in the book, in our study, in our workshop on the book called The Trellis and the Vine by Colin Marshall and Tony Payne. This definition says, number three, ministry is when a Christian brings a truth from God's word. You've got to write small there because I don't know if it'll fit in that line. A truth from God's word to someone else praying that God would make that word bear fruit through the inward working of His Holy Spirit. So this definition, I'll I'll go over this again. Number three, when a Christian brings a truth from God's word to someone else praying that God would make that word bear fruit through the inward working of His Holy Spirit. Okay. This points everyone to the truth of God's Word. And it causes us to depend on God for the change, bearing fruit. When you see a tree that bears fruit, you automatically say, that tree is living. It's got life. There's fruit that's born on that tree. And that's the picture that Jesus brings to the believer that you are to bear fruit. Why? Because you have life within you, spiritual life. And that's you know, defined and, and described many places in the Bible, in the New Testament, and even referring to Israel as a nation. They were referred to as a, a vine. And they were to bear fruit. Okay? So that's a critical point as we move along in this message. There's life in Ministry. There's life in it. And not just um, someone really, you know, getting all excited and jumping up and down kind of life, enthusiasm, but spiritual life. Spiritual life in ministry. Okay? And we need to remember it's of the Lord, meaning of His Holy Spirit. So, ministry definitions. Then, secondly, ministry purposes. Let's consider some of these. Um, To continue to emulate the one Jesus started. Emulate the one Jesus started. 
And again, it's, it's the issue of life. As he was, listen to this, as he was heading to the Garden of Gethsemane, it's not that long and he's going to be getting whipped and beaten, spit upon, all that. He's, he's about ready to go through this suffering. And as he's going, he's, he's still teaching his disciples. He's still pointing out to them truths about life. And they go along and says, you know what? John 15. He says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. I, I envision that happening on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane because he can just walk and talk and, and point, it, point it out. There's, there's the vineyard over there. You know, and you need to remember, disciples, I'm the vine. You're the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And so you and I need to take, if, if you're saying you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we need to take that picture and, and ask God helping us to put that together and say, in ministry, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing things the right way, in His way. Okay? And then he goes on to tell us in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and other passages that we are members of His body, the body of Christ. And what, what do body parts do? Do they do their own thing? Sometimes it, it, it might feel like it's, they're doing their own thing. But the body parts are doing what the head tells it to do. And so there's the body of Christ is the expression of the head. The body parts are the expression of of Jesus Christ. Right? So, we are His hands. We are His feet. You've heard those kind of statements before. Um, Secondly, ministry purposes is to bring glory to God. That's the goal of our life. It's the goal of our life individually. It's the goal of our life corporately to bring glory to God. Number three, it's ministry is to express our love and thanks to Jesus. Right? Ministry is not a climb up the ladder and, and show you can in, impress God more than somebody else down below you on the ladder. <laughs> That's not what ministry is about. Ministry is just simply, here's an expression for God's love and grace and mercy in my life. I want to serve Him. He gave His life for me. I want to serve Him. Not to gain points, but simply as a, an expression of love and thanks. How's your uh, love and thanks tank? Is it filled up? Okay. It's ministry is simply done out of love and gratitude, really. It's not because, well, you know, I I get paid, so I gotta I gotta do that. No. <laughs> It's something that we do as a group. We do it out of love and thanksgiving. Number four, its uh, ministry purpose is to build up believers in the faith. Ephesians chapter four. Ministry is needing to be a constructive effort. Number five, ministry purpose is to enjoy meaning and purpose in life. To have meaningful uh, significance. And you look up Luke chapter nine. And Jesus is saying, if any man wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And if anyone wants to 
you know, find their life, they're going to lose it. They won't understand the, the meaning. They won't connect to what Jesus has offered in it. But the one who lays down his life will what? Will find it. I'm sorry, the one who loses his life for my sake, he'll find it. See, we, we have to go through this learning curve of the issue of learning how to give your life away. And what is it that we, you know, see in our country, in our community? It's all about what, what can I get? What can I add? And see, that's the paradox of spiritual life. It's really opposite of what we always see in, in our culture, right? So, those who are serving the Lord, ministering, offer themselves as living sacrifices. That's the idea for the Christian, is that you and I are identified, supposed to be identified as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12. We lay down our lives in service for Christ, in the lives of others. It's investing in their lives. And there, uh, there are people who have found meaning then in serving the Lord. Because they're, they're giving up their lives for, for Christ. And it goes against the grain of our pride. We just need to understand that. It goes against everything we learn growing up in life. Now, these purposes, you know, each of these five purposes, there might be more, but these five that we've mentioned, all of it springs up from the the reservoir of grace. It's not of our own doing that we can, ooh, ramp it up, come on, you got to do it. No, it's all from the grace of God. And so we, that's how we go about, you know, saying, this is what I want, I want to do. And so we, we distinguish it from human effort to say, no, this is, this is God's grace working in my life to bring about more and more love and thanks to a, a, an almighty, gracious, loving, heavenly Father. It's the gift of grace, my friend. So, ministry definition, ministry purposes. Now, third, ministry profiles. And here's where we want to understand. Ministry profiles, really, there's, um, there's two that I just want to uh, put before you today. Number one is the ministry of the Word. The ministry of the Word. Okay, you ready to finally get into 1 Thessalonians? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at it. Verse 13. Here's the ministry of the word. Follow along as I read verse 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Okay? Paul is stirring up another round of thanksgiving to God for God's work. 
Notice he's not saying, oh, look at you believers. You believers are just doing everything just right. No, he's pointing the thanks to and the praise to, to God for God's work in the lives of the church at Thessalonica. And it's in these believers that they, what did they do? Again, by God's work, they received the word of God. They received it. And the, the qualifier in it is not as the word of men. Okay? Um, it's, but it's truly the word of God. And so we, we understand here's the, the ministry of the word of God to bring about change. I've said this in the study in 1 Thessalonians. It's about gospel change in the life of a person, in the life of a church. And so thus the emphasis on the gospel takes precedence. See, that's what will make an effect in any ministry. Any ministry that we have. If we've got the the people, the servants, who are aware of the impact that the gospel makes, rather than some tradition, some uh, cute uh, program. And that's what the church gets into. We get into too many programs that aren't gospel-driven. There's got to be the gospel of Jesus Christ behind it that drives, you know, drives the programs. That's what we want to aim for. That's what we want to strive for. So, the word of God received. Now, the majority of you in here would say, yes, I've received the Word of God in my life. I've received that gospel message. Okay? But has it been welcomed? And, and notice that's the idea behind the second term. You accepted it. You welcomed it. And notice the progression here in verse 13. You accepted it not as the Word of men... If you study the Bible and you you honestly you know are saying I want to I want to receive what the Bible is saying. I want to understand what it has to say and the more you read it there's either going to be you know there'll be rejection on parts of some but those who receive it say like we kind of said after after Kim's song here it's it's amazing. It's amazing what God has recorded in his word and here's uh, the prophecies given in the Old Testament that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Okay? But notice what it goes on to. It says it operates. It, it will do its work. In, how? Where is it going to do its work? In you who believe. Now, Many of us have the tendency to think, oh, well, I already believed. Well, guess what? The word isn't in the past tense. It's in the present active tense. Meaning, it's today. It's now. It's continuing on throughout your life. It will perform its work in you who continue to believe. Right? And that's what he wants to accomplish. It's not just, I, I, I was, 
I was like this. I figured everything is set for me when I received Christ and became a, a Christian. And I was like, I, I got to go to Calvary Chapel in Southern California and listen to music and do the sway thing. And all. oh, wow, it's so emotional. But the learning didn't stop there. I had to get beyond the emotional stuff to grow in faith, just like all of you who are believers. You have to get beyond some of those initial stages of saying, and now get serious, because God's going to allow testing to see if this is really genuine faith. Right? And He grows us. And it's through, here's the ministry of the Word of God. It will perform its work in you who continue to believe. Now, I've listed a number of passages in your outline. We're not trying to tackle them all. We just want them there as a reference. Um, Psalm 19 is like a gem in in regards to the Word of God. Um, It tells us that the Word of God is perfect. It's trustworthy. It's right. It's pure. It's clean. It's true. It's, It's all there in Psalm 19. And oh, by the way, the largest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And uh, there it speaks forth of the, the amazing Word of God. And you know what? We don't know Psalm 119 very well. But it's exalting the Scriptures in our mind. If we'll take the time and let it speak to us, we'll say, start saying, Wow. This is where it's at. This is what I need to eat up and consume. Okay? Then, um, Isaiah 55. Um, you don't have to turn there. It's there uh, as a reference. Um, it talks about as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be. It's just going to be like the the rain and the snow. It's going to bring forth a result. It will not return to me empty or void. So, take that in. His word is going to accomplish what he sent it to do. Then, John chapter 1 Verse 14, I don't think that's in the list, but I want to add that in. The Word, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then verse 14, then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is no ordinary uh, Jewish man. This is God. Miraculously, God in the flesh. And there He is. Eating, sweating, working all alongside other people, his family, and then eventually his disciples. The Word became flesh. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So if that brings forth glory, what does the Word of God bring forth as you spend time in it, humbly asking God to do his work? Wow. Glory. Glory. Glory unto God. Okay, uh, John 17, verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The tool that God uses to bring sanctification along with the Holy Spirit. That's why we're looking at these two. 
Um, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into hearts, judging the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's the work of the word of God. And for many of us, it's not happening. I want to stir us up to say, let the word of God do its work by piercing your heart, judging the thoughts and intents of your heart. What do you think? You don't need it? We need it. I need it. James chapter 1. Okay? He brought us forth by the word of truth. And that word, later on in the passage, is, ser- serves as a mirror. You, and we're called to look into the mirror and see what God sees. See, how th- see the way God sees us. That we need Jesus. First um, Peter chapter 1, verse 22 through chapter 2, verse 3. Christians have been born again through the living and enduring Word of God. And the Word of the Lord endures forever. Therefore, chapter 2, therefore, because of that, the Word of the Lord endures forever. So, Christian, you put aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. And like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the Word. The ministry of the Word is so that you will grow in respect to salvation. And that is a beautiful picture the essential item for a little baby. Mama's milk. The essential item for the Christian. The milk of the Word. That's what's needed for one's spiritual formation. And so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. You know what we could say there? To grow in respect to the Gospel. Knowing the Gospel. God's the Creator. Man is sinful. He's rebelled. And he is now separated from God. And God, God provides the, the answer and the resolution in Christ. What's your response? Some of you have responded in faith to that solution of your sin, of your rebellion, of your separation. And others of you have not. And we would implore you, respond to the Savior. Turn to Christ. Turn to Him in faith. Trust in Him. No one is going to answer all the questions you might have, but I tell you this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. And so, it's the ministry of the Word. Secondly, then, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And... um, this is like, uh, the reason I do this is because this is like, I, I think of it as the one-two punch of ministry. We could say, oh, we've, we know the Word, and we are faithful in providing uh, clear exposition and clear teaching of the Word. But you know what we can do? We can do that in our own strength. And we don't want to do that. We must remember the, the Spirit of God who indwells believers. If you're a Christian, you're the temple of the living God. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so therefore, we've got to remember, here's this one-two punch of ministry. The Word, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God. Number two, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
And how does the Holy Spirit serve? And some think, oh, well, it's mysterious. It's, you know, wow. Oh, you know, and we, we think of all sorts of things regarding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's really not that mysterious at all. Yes, it's mysterious, but it's made clear in uh, these passages of Scripture. What does the Spirit of God want to accomplish? I listed John 14 and John 16. Here's uh, uh, what he does. He's come as the paraclete, the Spirit of truth. He's the believer's helper and comforter. And then John 16, he's the one who convicts us of sin. And folks, again, I'll say, I've said it in the past, I'll say it again. This is a very important thing that we ought to welcome. I want to be convicted of my sin. I want you, if you're a Christian, it's good to be convicted of sin as long as you keep responding and rather than turn away and bristle up against it and, and reject it. Welcome the conviction of the Spirit of God in your life. And then He convicts us of righteousness. Proving that Jesus is, is the one. Uh, he convicts us of judgment, of things to come. And so, we move on in these references. Romans chapter 8, the ministry of the Spirit is, in, starting in verse 12, Romans 8, uh, verse 12 through 17, is talking about how you and I, as Christians, are to put to death the deeds of the body. That's the ministry of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit in that chapter. And here's what here's the, the way we can follow in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. By you and I responding saying, Yeah, I need to put that to death. In other words, don't give it any more time, don't give it any more attention, turn away from it, and move on to growth in your life. Okay? Um, it's the idea that the King James Version says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. So you put it to death. Um, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit liberates us from our bondage to sin. Okay? You, you're, you're bound by something that you know is, is sin. Uh, most of us, you know, we hear of friends that go off to, you know, psychiatrists or psychologists and we get our help from them. You know, when it's really serious. When it's not that serious, we come to the, the pastor. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to sign up for all sorts of counseling sessions, but it's important that we understand that the Holy Spirit is the counselor. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. And we need to understand His work is to help us be freed from the bondage to sin. Are there counselors out there and psychiatrists? and You know, it's... it's there's place for them. It's not that, oh, I'm, I'm uh, trashing them all. I'm not doing that. But my goodness, if you're saying you're a Christian, we need to first think of what does the Holy Spirit want me to do? And what does the Bible teach me to do when I have this kind of a problem? Is there doubt behind this? Is there depression behind this? That's a spiritual problem. And all too often we run to the secular world for help. If you're a believer, we need to get down on our knees, ask God for help, and then apply what we know is true from the Word of God. Um, in, this, in Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit confirms and affirms that you and I are children of God. 
Okay? So, having said that, we still have the, the presence of sin to deal with, but we've been freed from the power of sin in our lives. You and I, as Christians, do not have to sin. We choose to sin. But we've been freed, liberated from the bondage to sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, okay, tells us of the Holy Spirit's ministry, which, listen, and I think this is the last one, so we're almost done here, okay? The Holy Spirit wants to make much of Jesus in your life. He doesn't want to make much of you. He doesn't want to make much of me or some famous preacher out there that, oh, we, you know, this person or that person is so great. No, he wants to make much of Jesus in your life. Now, weigh that out and evaluate that in your own life. What really is made much of in your life? I got problems. I make much of my problems. I do. Why? I want to learn to make much of Jesus. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That's what the Spirit of God is emphasizes doing. That's what He will do in our lives. He'll make much of Jesus. He wants to make much of the person and the story of Jesus Christ in our hearts. He wants to highlight the contrast between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, basically stated, the Old Covenant is from the Old Testament. Here's what they all had to do. They all had, you know, sacrifice after sacrifice, all these rules and regulations and everything they had to follow. And now here's the new ministry. And what is it about? It's about the Spirit of God bringing forth life, spiritual life in your lives. And the Holy Spirit wants to show the contrast from here's the new ministry that the Holy Spirit wants to bring forth life and spiritual life. And here's the old covenant which brings forth, he says, the ministry of condemnation and of death. Who wants to sign up for the ministry of condemnation and of death? I don't think anyone does, but you know what? We, we act in that way. We live our lives as such that we are showing we're really in the ministry of the old covenant and the covenant of, of uh, condemnation and of death. The soul that sinneth shall die. And in the old covenant, you didn't do it. You know, basically there's quick retribution. <laughs> in the new ministry, here's grace. This is grace, my friend. It's what Christ has accomplished. And through what the one thing that Christ did at Calvary and died there and rise again, now we've got a treasure of blessing and a treasure of life, spiritual life, that we need to be grounded in. You, you equate the Old Testament ministry, the ministry of condemnation and of death, and you, you ask yourself, am I really trying to impress God with my life? Am I trying to climb that little ladder of success with God to show Him that I'm really, I'm really a good boy and really a good girl? If that's where you're at, you're going to end up in frustration. You're, you're living the life of the, of the ministry of the Old Covenant. The I'll try harder. 
See, in 2 Corinthians 3, the Holy Spirit gives us hope. And that translates into boldness. The Holy Spirit, with, with the Holy Spirit, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, 2 Corinthians 3, there is liberty. And see, with the Old Covenant, stay with me, with the Old Covenant, there's the way of either legalism, oh, I will do this and I have done it and I'll show you I've done it. Or there's the whole thing of, I'm just going to kind of sneak out and do my own thing. License. Liberty, or legalism and license. But with the ministry of the Spirit and life, there is liberty. Liberty. Freedom to do what you know the Lord would have you to do. Thus, being trained and instructed by the Word of God to know the will of God. Okay? Then, the Holy Spirit in the ministry of life... The Holy Spirit brings forth Christ-like transformation. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, where it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit. Okay? He wants to promote spiritual life as we seek to minister to people. Okay? Let me wrap it up with these thoughts. Ministry, as dictated in the Word of God, is all about dispensing life, spiritual life, unto others. Promoting it and depending upon it. The spiritual life that we see in the Word of God. It also then shows that therefore is if you know of things that, you know, malice, anger, you know, some of the things that are mentioned there in, in first, uh, first Peter chapter uh, 2, those things, you, you know, say, Lord, with your strength and your help, I'm going to walk away from those because I want to please you. Here's ministry happening in your life. And as we ministry, as we've seen here this morning, thrives and grows, as God intended, as we read and study and apply the Word of God, relying on the Holy Spirit. Not just doing it because it's the right thing to do, but doing it because there's life that flows out of us. And then we can serve and minister in a way that truly is glorifying to God. It's not about a program. It's not about a, you know, step one, two, three. It's about the, the life that He's given us in the Spirit. Grace, mercy, His truth. He came full of grace and truth. That's what we want to aim for. Let's not slip back into the issues of the old covenant ministry where it's left up to us to do our best. That's the ministry of death. You know what's connected to death? <laughs> the absence of life. Things like depression, things like anxiety, things like, you know, anger. All those, that's, that's death. And you and I see, listen, we see zombies. You know, some of you, you might like the Walking Dead show. I don't know, I haven't seen it. I've seen commercials for it. Some of you are looking at me, What? Like, what are you talking about? But I know some of you watch this Walking Dead show. You know what we're doing? Christians. 
Are we walking dead? Are we like zombies? We need to be walking in the Spirit. Thus, when ministry, when we hear about ministry, it's, it's not just a church-wide thing. It's individually, too. We can be serving as ministers of the gospel. Not of, not of good presentations. Not of slick whatever. Not of a, a powerful uh, testimony. No, it's about the gospel. Ministry, God's way, is ministry of life. Life in Christ. Okay? The Bible says in Romans 6, verse 4, Walk in newness of life. Jesus said, The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. My friend, Christian brother, sister, let's go today and walk in this life and depend on the the Spirit of God and learn the Word of God. And here's that one-two punch for ministry. Okay? God help us with this. So I close with the last question. Here it is. What ministry are you living under? What ministry are you living under? Are you living under one of condemnation and death? Are you living under... Uh, here's the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'll, I'll be glad to sit around all afternoon and talk to you about it. I'd love to point out to you the, 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 the one need... Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we have life. And we implore you, come to faith in Jesus Christ. Admit your sins. Admit it to God. And bow before Him as Lord. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for who you are and your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit working to bring about conviction of our sin conviction of righteousness of who Jesus really is and and conviction of judgment of things to come Lord help us to walk in your spirit today help us to yield to you help us to submit to your way and not keep pushing forth our own pride Lord we're so guilty of that no matter how long we've been a believer we can still see pride raised up in our attitudes, in our words. Lord, continue to do your work through the Word of God and the Spirit of God so that we could shine for Jesus Christ in this community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.